All right, buddy. Let's rock and roll. Today is Wednesday, Worldwide Wednesday. Today is February 22nd, 2023. Welcome to episode number 308 of the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Dozier. Over the next 45 minutes, me, you, Toasty Pops, William Welch, Carrie, Amadou Ba, Jed Ray, and Andrew Nakamura. And so many of you in chat are going to be ripping through the top cybersecurity news stories of the day. And I'll be giving my expert opinion and analysis on each of those. Might even do some hot takes, some speculation. We'll see where it goes. But I, I, wherever it goes, I guarantee you this. You will get value out of this threat briefing this morning. Good morning to all of you. Whether you are a practitioner who's operationalizing what we're talking about in the stream today or every threat briefing, or if you're looking to break in the industry, I got interviewed for a podcast yesterday. I forgot this, uh, although I say it all the time. You absolutely will be asked in any cybersecurity interview, what do you do to stay current in our industry? It's, it's a fact. You will get asked that question because it's so pertinent to being able to deliver effective cyber risk reduction for any organization. This threat briefing right here, these people in chat right here, Alana, Legosec, James Adekudo, this is how we stay current in our industry. I'm telling you right now, this answer, I do this. I need a firework sound effect. All right, but before we get into melting mines and blowing up all of the uh, gates, I want to say shout out and thanks to the stream sponsors, starting with Barricade Cyber Solutions. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But guess what, y'all? Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Check them out at barricadecyber.com. Links in the description below. I'm on their website right here. Just throw it up. There's Eric Taylor, the man, the myth, the legend. His calendar's right there. You can meet with him at 10 a.m. this morning. Get your threat briefing, grab a coffee, hit a bio break, meet with Eric Taylor. Sounds like a pretty sweet morning to me if I had to, if I had to uh, categorize it. So much love and thanks to them. Also want to say thanks to IT Pro TV. IT Pro now uh, by ACI Learning. Um, is offering 30% to Simply Cyber community members, Simply Cyber 30. I pinned it, comment in chat. Um, you can get a lot of education for free. You can get a, you can do all the free things, absolutely, 100%. But if you want to save time, if you want uh, educational content curated, if you want practice exams, if you want practical labs, if you have a machine that isn't powerful enough to run labs, IT Pro TV is a great option. Give them a consideration. Give them a sniff. I, I wouldn't tell you about this i wouldn't affiliate with them if it was hot trash it's not it's 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 actually fantastic stuff all right now each episode of the daily cyber threat briefing is worth half a cpe so be sure to say what's up in chat hashtag team live i see 97 of you this morning Ooh, i love i love that you guys bring the heat on wednesdays when of all the days of the week wednesday is the day that I am most amped about when it comes to the daily cyber threat briefing because of Worldwide Wednesday, which we're gonna get to in just a moment. But if you're live, love it. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for contributing to the community. If you're watching on replay, 
No shame, no shade. I got you. Hashtag team replay in chats in the comments. I see your comments. Thanks for catching the stream on a time that works for you. Don't forget, y'all, the uh, Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing is available on your audio podcast app of choice. Special thanks to Casey Gaska, a.k.a. Base Case, for helping the Simply Cyber uh, channel with reposting it after the stream ends here every single day. The guy's the guy's working his butt off, and I genuinely appreciate that. Also, love to hashtag Team Hybrid. Uh, Internal Stranger might be that. Hashtag Team Hybrid. If you watch... If you, if you get here late and you do the replay, but you catch up to us in real time, that's Team Hybrid. It's rare, but it happens. And then obviously hashtag Team Lurker, hashtag Team Passive Observer. If you guys have been creeping in the background, kind of nervous to say what's up, take this as an opportunity. Put hashtag Passive Observer. You will be surprised at how easy it is to connect with people and build up your own professional network which at some point will have uh, great value to you i guarantee you stay tuned for later in the show as we continue the simply cyber community challenge charles sap kicked it off yesterday i'm very excited about about that but guys guess what guess what got got news for everybody it's that time hold on one second Worldwide Wednesday is presented by IT Pro TV. Now IT Pro from ACI Learning, the international online training solution that professionals in audit, cybersecurity, and IT, so it's not just cyber, it's, it's IT and audit, turn to binge-worthy content. International people, you can do this. Use promo code SIMPLYCYBER30 to get 30% off your first month or first year. All right, people, I'm so, so pumped. Let me jack this thing back up to two minutes. Hold on, Enzo. All right, here we go. I'm going to, hold on. I got to pour a cup of coffee. We're about to get real here. All right, I see internal stranger. Ready? Here we go. Let's go. Every single Wednesday, every single Wednesday before we get in the show, we do Worldwide Wednesday. I ask you to tell us where you're coming from, and I will look. I will highlight it on the map, and we will see if we can get all the continents minus Antarctica lit up. We usually do it. This is awesome. Let's go. Tell me where you're at. Beaumont, Texas. United States is online. Ireland's in the house. My man, Ireland. Cheerio. Dominican Republic in the house. Gulf Coast, Mexico. Uh, I accidentally hit Mexico, but that's okay. Dominican Republic, where are you? Dominican, DR, Liechtenstein, Zimbabwe. Oh my God, Zimbabwe. I need help. <sighs> I need an adult. Where's Zimbabwe? Oh, Zimbabwe, where are you, man? Oh, Z- there it is, Zimbabwe. North Carolina, Missouri's in the house. Netherlands, yes, Netherlands. Boom, baby. Germany's in the house. Burkow, my man, internal stranger. Didn't even have to say it. India's in the house. Yes, yes, yes. South Korea. What's up, South Korea? Thank you so much for being here. Washington, D.C., representing the U.S. Capitol. Hey, Tampa Bay, what's up? Japan is online. Thank you, Eric Taylor. Boom, baby. Germany, we got you. Detroit, Rock City. India's in the house. Pakistan. Thank you, Pakistan, for coming online. What up, Oregon? Hey, Saudi. I see you, Saudi Arabia. Eugene, Oregon's in the house. The Philippines representing. We got strong Pacific Rim contingents. The U.K. is in the house. Welcome to the party. Good day. Uh, not good day. That's uh, <laughs> that is uh, Australia. I guess uh, UK would be pip pip and all that. What's up, Burlington, Vermont? I see you, Casey Gaska, Burlington, Vermont. Oh no, no, that's Casey Vargas. I'm sorry, Australia. I see you. Hey, Canada, representing a big part. Look at us. Look at us. Come on, South America. Where are you at? I got Netherlands. Very nice. 
Where are you at, South America? Come on, come on. 24 seconds. 24 seconds. Where are we at? Fort Gordon, George is in the house. Tampa, Florida. Love it. Czech Republic. Yes, I do love me some Czech Republic. Oh, where's the Czech Republic? Oh, I don't see Czech Republic on here. Hold on one second. I'm going to pause this. South Air, hold on. I'm going to pause it. Hold on. All right, hold on. We're going to do some cleanup here. We're going to do some cleanup here. South Africa was online. Uh. Oh, Casey. Love it, love it, love it. Ghana. Ghana was in the house. Ghana got in on time. Where the heck is Ghana? Some of these, I mean, I hate to sound so ignorant, but like some of these. Ugh. Ghana. Ghana. Ugh. I'm looking for Ghana. Hold on. I need a world map next to me. Like specifically Africa. Ghana, where are you? Yeah, we are missing South. It's West Africa. Thank you. Guinea, Senegal. Oh, there it is. Yes. Welcome, Ghana Online. Virginia Beach. Um, We had Czech Republic. I got to tell you, I really, really, really want to go to Czech Republic. I've heard such wonderful things about them. Um, I know you're around here, Czech Republic. All right. We'll say Chechia. I mean, it doesn't, it, you know. Uh... All right. Sorry, Czech Republic. It's Poland today. Oh, Chechia was here. Okay. All right, guys. So we we did great. We did great today. It looks like we missed South America. So normally, I think I want to say we get um, Brazil. It's too bad. It's too bad. Um, hey, um, just so everybody knows, this is a uh, like a, a tidbits Tuesday that you may want may not know. My wife, my wife, my love, is from Guyana. So. We might, we might be able to do a, a proxy. We might be able to do a proxy. What's up, Argentina? I see you. Um, my wife is from Guyana, so uh, it, we, it, we could do it by proxy, but it probably wouldn't count because she's here with me in the U.S. All right, guys. Great work today. We almost got it. South America kind of uh, didn't come online, but that's all right. We'll do it again next Wednesday. Again, thank you to ACI Learning for sponsoring the Worldwide Wednesday segment. Genuinely appreciate it. Now, as we are uh, long to do, let us sit back and relax and let the cool sounds of the top cybersecurity news stories wash over your ears in an awesome wave. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines. It's Wednesday, February 22nd, 2023. Apple updates advisories as security firm discloses new class of vulnerabilities. Apple on Monday updated several of its recent security advisories to add new iOS and Mac OS vulnerabilities, including ones belonging to a new class of bugs. The iOS 16.3 and macOS Ventura 13.2 advisories, originally released on January 23rd, have been updated to add three vulnerabilities. One of them is CVE 2023-23520, a rare condition affecting the crash reporter component which can allow an attacker to read arbitrary files as root. The other two security holes impact the foundation component in Apple's operating system and they can allow an attacker to execute arbitrary code out of its sandbox or with certain elevated privileges, according to Apple. 
These latter vulnerabilities tracked as CVE 2023-23530 and 23531 were reported to Apple by extended detection and response company Trellix. Okay, a couple things here. Marcus Seiler wants to renew membership. I, I'm not sure, Marcus. If somebody is more savvy on YouTube, you on <laughs> on how to YouTube, um, please let uh, Marcus know. Marcus, thanks for the uh, squad support. I'll give you an early. Okay, guys. So Apple updates advisories. Two things. One, um, obviously, you can set your Apple devices to auto patch, auto update. Uh, you should be doing this. They said it's a new class of vulnerability, ish. I mean, I get it. Um, you. It's kind of funny because when a when when a when a system crashes, it typically has the ability to send uh, feedback or telemetry back to the manufacturer or back to the you know Microsoft or Apple basically um, to or Google if it's an Android to report like what the issue was because if they get a bunch of them, they can say oh there must have been a mistake or an issue in the most recent you know firmware, most recent OS, most recent patch, whatever, and be able to identify it. Right? It's it's a it's a, a mechanism for engaging developers okay now really really cool uh it sounds like in this instance threat actors have determined or security researchers have developed a technique to exploit that uh mechanism because guys at the end of the day it's still software it's still running on your computer it still has network capabilities so why not put it on weaponize it off you go it reminds me a little bit of um right now like so microsoft uh nerfed macros in um Microsoft Office documents and threat actors quickly pivoted and used the like troubleshooting app around Microsoft Office. I forget exactly what it's called. It if I believe it's the Felina bug, and you guys know how I feel about the Felina bug and, and the lack of logo it got. Right? Um, it's the same mechanism as far as like weaponizing any piece of software, including uh, uh, reporting mechanisms that are built in. Now, here is the actual TLDR for you guys. Yes, Apple released updates. That's not what I want you to take away from this story, okay? And this is where I would argue where you get value um, based on my experience, okay? And people who are interviewing, you might want to remember this one because this is an interesting way to like spin the conversation and really show your depth of knowledge. Here is the deal. If you are a, if you're working in information security and you're responsible, especially if you're at like a smaller organization, like say a thousand people organization, you are probably a Windows shop, okay? Meaning that all your staff use Windows and stuff. However, however, it was super common and hashtag preach in chat if you know what's up. It's super common for literally the CEO, potentially the CFO, but like for some reason, all the CEOs do it. The CEO wants their iPhone and wants their MacBook and wants their iPad. And because they're the CEO, no one tells them no. No one says, bro, we have standards here. Apple isn't on the standard. They're like, eh, like I'm the CEO, make it happen. And of course the CIO, who's like usually your boss is like, you've got to make it happen. And you're like, oh my God, like, can we have standards here, please? So anyways, the TLDR here is, yes, you could say, well, we're a Microsoft Windows shop, so this doesn't apply to me. What I want you to know is this does apply to you because there is very likely Apple systems in your ecosystem that whether you like it or not, you are responsible for because they are interfacing with your network and your critical assets. Also, if you're doing BYOD and people have iPhones, yeah, the dream of BYOD is a CFO, you know, nocturnal emission because, oh my God, we got tech for everybody in the organization, but we don't have to pay for it. Oh, yeah. 
Win, win, win. And in reality, all you're doing is increasing attack surface because you have no control over those devices that are in your network. So the long story short here is you probably have Apple shadow IT in your environment. Make sure that you're either accounting for it or making your end users aware that they need to patch their crap. Ideally, you would educate them to set it to auto patch, um, but that's that. Yes, nocturnal emission is politically correct, right? Sensitive U.S. military emails spill online. The U.S. Department of Defense secured an exposed server on Monday that had been spilling internal U.S. military emails to the open Internet for the past two weeks. The exposed server was hosted on Microsoft's Azure government cloud for Department of Defense customers, which uses servers that are physically separated from other commercial customers and as such can be used to share sensitive but unclassified oh! government data. The exposed server was part of an internal mailbox system storing about three terabytes of internal military emails, many pertaining to U.S. Special Operations Command, the U.S. military unit tasked with conducting special military operations. A misconfiguration left the server without a password, allowing anyone on the Internet access to the sensitive mailbox data inside using only a web browser or just by knowing its IP address. Jeez, what could go wrong? <laughs> what could go wrong with this one? Oh my god, okay. So I'm not even going to spend time on this one. I say that and then I'm going to spend time on this one. This isn't a cyber incident. This is straight up a misconfiguration left the server without a password. This, all right, two things here. One, this happens. It doesn't matter that it's like an elite fighting force for the United States Department of Defense. Roar, so much money, so much. We're such a big, big D swinging, right? It doesn't matter because one individual can misconfigure something and put it on the internet. Now, if you just knew the IP address, guys, check this out. Like, I will do this on stream one day when I, like, when I get time. If I, I will build a honeypot, I will stick it online, and then we'll hang out, have a beer, maybe a taco, listen to some music, and watch how quickly this thing gets pwned, or at least probed, right? When you stick a honeypot on the internet, it gets hit pretty quickly, okay? So all you needed to know was an IP address. This thing is a listening mail server, which has a very distinct port, okay? And I don't remember SMTP's port, but it is um, a standard one. When you scan it, you're going to see that it's a mail server and then immediately try to uh, connect to it. This is what scanners do. This is what threat actors do. And boom, baby, boom, they own you. Thank you, uh, uh, Eric and BSEC. Port 25. So when you see port 25, you're obviously going to try to connect. You're obviously going to walk right in. And then you're obviously going to be like, um, here is a whole bunch of wicked sensitive military operational data for one of the most elite fighting forces in the United States. Awesome. Awesome. Right now, thank God that this guy, Ornerg's son, uh, is a is a known security researcher who finds public databases and lets people know. So good on this guy, and um, just know, man. But that's not the right one. Just know, it can happen. It can happen. And I, you might even want like this is a bit of a longer play, but you may want to flag this story for your own files because. With all due respect, okay, you guys know I'm very, you, you guys know I'm, I'm feeling, uh, I'm, I'm very inclusive. I'm not, I don't like to uh, point fingers. I like to, I like to find solutions, not point at problems. Flag this story because a lot of times IT people, 
Okay. And I'm, again, I love, I love me some IT people. IT people will be like, bruh, I've been doing IT for 25 years. Don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me that I can't drive around on domain admin. Don't tell me I got this. And it's like, um, things happen, my friend, things happen. Like, here's an example. Like, I'm not saying you can't do your job, friend. All I'm saying is this stuff happens. So let's, let's do change control. Let's do change control. Oh no, change control. You slow me down. You introduce bureaucracy. Ugh, I hate you, InfoSec Jerry. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I just don't want to leak sensitive emails online because of a misconfigured mail server that has no password. That could never happen. Oh no. Oh no. Russian state TV website goes down during Putin's speech. Russian state media websites broadcasting President Vladimir Putin's address to the country's two houses of parliament on Tuesday suffered an outage during his speech. Reuters journalists in multiple locations were unable to access the all-Russia state television and radio broadcasting company's website or the Smotrim live streaming platform for periods during the speech. A message on the broadcasting company website said that, quote, technical works were being carried out, end quote, while the Smotrim website was not loading. Shortly before the speech started, state TV channels had broadcast a segment on the technical preparations that go into broadcasting the speech, saying the live stream would be carried across all major Russian TV channels. The state-run RIA Novosti news agency said the outage was the result of a DDoS attack. Yep. Hack the planet, guys. This is, is hacktivism 101, right? It's, it's, it's fine. It's mildly effective to um to dos like you know whatever the russian stock market which happened early on in the invasion of ukraine whatever this is a deliberate and focused effort um in 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 a disrupting and being an activist so putin goes online guys you got to remember people in power they use information and communication and spin um in order to control the masses right like this this right here, this this state, you know, this state of the union, if you will, for Russia, is an opportunity for Putin to establish, um, like, or reassert, you know, control, power, control the narrative of what's happening in Ukraine. Um, whether or not they're being successful in their efforts, whether or not they're taking land or they're they're um, conceding land, whatever it is, it doesn't matter because he's going to tell the story that he wants his people to hear. This is literally. <laughs> I mean, this is how you run um, government or, or regimes. Like, you basically have to be the face and tell the story and control the narrative, right? The advent of social media has really undermined this this type of control because people can communicate asynchronously. We've seen it with AirDrop in China and people trying to share messages and stuff like that. V for Vendetta. Like, V for Vendetta, the actual story i don't know if the movie did this i don't think the movie did it but in v for vendetta the actual story one of the key points hashtag spoiler alert coming one of the key points was taking over and not like the 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 big brother's like ears which is you know there was like a nose and ear uh, eyes of, of big brother uh but ear was like controlling the radio transmission to the masses right so hacktivists used a denial of service attack, which is a classic, classic weapon in a cybersecurity 
um, offensive person's arsenal, right? Whether you're using it for good or bad, right? Or for patriotism, for activism, it is a tool in the toolbox. And they shot their shot at a very valuable time. So I'm sure Putin is not happy about that. Like he was basically just talking to whoever's in that room, right? Because no one was hearing this. No one was seeing it. Now they, I will say this, they probably recorded it. If I had to guess, they recorded it. If I had to guess, they made it available on replay, right? Catch Putin on the VOD. <laughs> so it's not like it, all it does is kind of um, so uncertainty and, and so um, like, I guess, validation of the revolution that's happening in uh, Russia or, or pro-Ukrainian efforts that they can get to Putin, that they can they can attack this particular uh, aspect of the control that Russia currently has. So it, it's valuable across multiple dimensions, uh, but at the end of the day, it was a cyber denial of service attack. So there it goes. Hardbit ransomware gang adjusts demands to fit insurance company. The Hardbit ransomware group first appeared on the scene in October 2022, but unlike other ransomware operations, it doesn't currently use a double extortion model. The gang uses threats of further attacks if their ransom demands are not met, but once they have penetrated the network of an organization, the group instructs victims to contact them by email or via the Tox instant messaging platform. According to Veronis, the group requests the victims to share details of their cyber insurance policies so that the cost of the ransom can be completely covered by the insurer company. Interesting, interesting. Okay, so check this out. Hardbit ransomware. I haven't heard of them. Um, yeah, I'm sure Eric Taylor of Barricade Cyber has. Um, the, the, here's the deal. Like a couple of things that I pull out of the story. One, Hardbit ransomware is not doing double extortion. So we're already seeing a concession in the ransomware ecosystem of threat actors to, to abandon the double extortion methodology, right? This has been huge for a while um, where they take the data they sell you the key to unlock it. Then they sell your data as well. So they get paid twice. I find it fascinating that ransomware is losing its, it's not losing its grip, but it's definitely, we, the good guys are winning some battles in the ransomware war. And this to me is an indicator that um, we are making progress, that they, they are receding back to single ransomware extortion. Also, um, they are wanting to adjust the ransom to whatever the insurance company will handle. So they're taking lower ransom as, as well. Now, insurance companies are um, paying off less and less, introducing higher and higher standards that companies must meet in order to get uh, ransomware insurance policies. Uh, and those policies are going to be lower in payouts, right? So, you know, it, it doesn't matter the organization that gets hit is still screwed, right? It doesn't matter if it's a $500,000 ransom or a $15 million ransom. The business is still impacted with ransomware, right? They're down for some period of time. Um, but, you know, we'll see where this goes. I do I do like it as um, an indicator of, um, of, you know, us good guys winning some, some battles in this war. The other thing I'll note is Conti... Uh, as we know from the Conti papers, actually had people on the inside of the insurance company. So like threat actors or, or turned insider threats who would tell them how much the insurance policies were for 
So then they would just adjust the ransom payment to the maximum policy amount. So this is very similar to that, although it sounds like Heartbit does not have insiders on the insurance company side uh, to know that number. So they're literally just saying, tell us your insurance policy and we will that will be the ransom. Obviously, you're taking a little bit of trust there because you could just, like say your insurance policy is $2 million, you could just say, it's $1 million or it's $700,000. And I guess they have to take that as truth. Later, internal stranger. Hold on, I wanna, um, there we go. Internal stranger gets a toasty. All right, so just to me, like whatever, ransomware is ransomware. But to me, this story indicates a another, um, the, the winds are changing uh, in the war on ransomware. And now a word from our sponsor, Barricade Cyber Solutions. Yeah, Barricade Have Cyber. Have fallen victim to a ransomware attack? Well, don't worry. Barricade Cyber Solutions has helped thousands of customers in situations just like yours. Our proprietary ransomware recovery services are designed to quickly get your business back on track. Our team of experts will identify the source of the attack and provide a comprehensive solution to prevent it from happening again. You can count on us for the security of your data and systems. Visit BarricadeCyber.com. I got to tell you, it really warms my heart to hear Barricade Cyber advertisement on the CISO Series podcast. Just love it, love it, love it. All right, guys, it's the mid-roll, and we do something very fun here on the mid-roll. So if you're, no, if you're new here, get used to this. Hey, 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 hey. All right. Do you want to say thank you to all of you for being here this morning? 183 of you information security strong folks thank you to barricade cyber solutions and aci learning but um for uh you know sponsoring the show and being part of what we're doing here if you're getting value from the stream if you're getting educational value entertainment value if you're able to apply this at work if you're crushing interviews because of this hell if you got your job in part because of what you learned here do me a favor hit that like button uh it really does go a long way it's a very simple almost forgettable act of hitting the like button, but it has profound impact and value for the Simply Cyber channel. So I'd really, really appreciate you taking a hot minute and hitting that like button for me. Um, I don't know how many we're at right now. I always I always forget. Uh, what do we got? What do we got? What do we got? Give me a second. We'll take a look at it. 89? 89? Rob, Rob, Chop, what are we doing here? Come on, hit that bell. What do we got? Hold on, let me look at this. I see 91. Let's break 100. There's 183 of us here today. All right, guys. Also want to remind you, if you're interested in getting the Simply Cyber newsletter, simplycyber.io slash newsletter, I send out three cyber um, actionable tasks every single Monday, one for your end users, one for your executives, one for your peers that you can do. I will tell you, just in full disclosure, you can unsubscribe at any time. I don't care. Um, pretty soon, like in the next month or two, I will actually start sending uh, another like email during the week of different things. Uh, so just be mindful of that. But at any point, if you don't if you don't like the letter, just just cancel or unsubscribe. I'm not one of those. Uh, I'm I'm terrible at at the business side. So just check it out if you like it cool and if you don't that's cool too no no harm no foul now i do want to remind everybody this graphic is a temporary graphic until we, i can come up with something better 
But we launched the Simply Cyber Community Challenge yesterday. Charles Sapp, a.k.a. Chuck Sapp, who should be in chat right now, kicked it off. The Simply Cyber Community Challenge is an ongoing chain that we're going to be continuing every single day at the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. Chuck Sapp was uh, tagged initially. It's on Chuck. Hey, Chuck. Uh, It's on Chuck to call somebody out right now. What happens is Chuck is going to call someone and tag someone in chat right now. It's If they want to be part of it, they agree to it. Go on LinkedIn later today, whoever Chuck tags, and post on LinkedIn, you know, tag me, tag Simply Cyber. Share why you appreciate the cybersecurity community. Share something of value to the cybersecurity community. If you're a member of Simply Cyber, go find that post and follow, like, connect with that person. Share your thoughts with that person. This is an opportunity to build your professional network, connect with other Simply Cyber community members, and begin begin that, that journey of building your network, delivering value to your network, and receiving value from your network. This is gonna be really good. I'm super, super pumped. No, you gotta pick someone. Miss Kimberly, Kimberly can fix it. All right, Miss Kimberly, you have been tagged. So please, Kimberly, if you're willing to accept this responsibility for the Simply Cyber Community Challenge, holler in chat, let us know, and we will watch for your post later today. All right, Kimberly, holler, holler, holler. All right, and Kimberly, please put hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge so people can find it a lot easier. All right, guys, super pumped. You guys are the best. Thank you all Simply Cyber Community members, those who are on replay, those in live, those who are hybrid, and those who are lurking in the darkness. You are a member. You are a valuable member of the Simply Cyber Community. All right, let's keep rolling. Accidental WhatsApp account takeovers? Yep, it's a thing. Yeah, you can a post my newsletter. Be That's receiving fine. your private WhatsApp messages and also be able to send messages to all of your contacts if you have changed your phone number and didn't delete the WhatsApp account linked to it. The security hole stems from wireless carriers' practice of recycling former customers' phone numbers. WhatsApp acknowledges that this can happen but says it's extremely rare. It suggests, however, that users transfer their WhatsApp account to their new phone number, delete the account within the app, and use two-step verification for added security. One fifth. Yeah, I mean, this makes sense, right? So you use your phone number to uh, set up WhatsApp and then just, you know, hey, this is a perfect example of the reality of system develop, uh, system life cycles. Everybody complains. The Every wheel is squeaky as can be when you don't have access, when you need a new system, and then you get it, and then you use the system, and then it's time to decommission the system or get a new phone number or whatever. And nobody thinks of the decommission process. Why? Why would you? I just throw my phone away and get a new one. Who cares? There's no squeaky wheel here. No need to grease anything. Well, here's a good example of why you don't want to do that. Uh, obviously, it's very, very unusual. Um, I personally, you know, I had the same phone number for like 10 years, 15 years. And then... Um, I when I moved, I eventually got a new phone number for the local area that I live in. But I feel like most people um, maintain the same phone number, so like the the chances of this happening kind of unlikely. But if you are in an organization that issues phones and you allow your staff to put on their own phone numbers, I mean, excuse me, their own apps and kind of use it as personal work blended, 
you may want to make them aware of this. This could be a good opportunity. This is actually this actually is a good opportunity. It's it's kind of a awkward one, but this is a good opportunity to deliver um, good faith value to your end user community where it doesn't really have any value for cyber risk reduction to your organization, but you are helping them protect themselves, protect their own apps, make it make them aware that this could happen and kind of subtly share with them about decommissioning process and, and, and you know the proper way of decommissioning things. Like I said, it's kind of rare. A lot of people might not even know what's what WhatsApp is, but it is interesting from a system development lifecycle perspective. British people have fallen victim to online scammers. Uh-oh. Millions of UK adults have been victimized by digital scammers in the past, yet a quarter have no security controls to protect their online activity, according to F-Secure. The Finnish security vendor polled 1,000 British people as part of a global living secure study into cybersecurity awareness and behavior. It found that 19%, roughly 12.6 million Brits, had been tricked by online fraud such as a phishing attack in the past, leading to data and password loss all the way through to theft of life savings. While over three quarters, 77%, claimed they could spot a scam, around two thirds said they worry about personal safety online, yet half said they have no idea if their devices are secure or not. 60% of respondents said they find cybersecurity too complex. Well, I'm going to say partly that is on us people. If our end users, if our citizens, whatever, family, loved ones, if they find cybersecurity too complex, then I know it might be easy to say like, oh, well, then you need to get smarter and kind of put the blame on them. But, you know, I, I actually want to see it the other way. I, I like to say like, well, it's I guess it's on us. I guess we are not doing a good job of properly communicating, you know, and this is no disrespect to these these straw, you know, straw, you know, straw man arguments here. But like we have to break it down and explain it like they're five. We have to be consistent. We have to be recurring, right? Guys, it says a fifth of Brits, but, you know, it's probably a fifth of, you know, Americans and a fifth of Australians and a fifth of, um, you know, whatever. We have to be better about educating them, right? Especially like the older population, they fall victim all the time. Younger people fall victim all the time. Um, it's it's just it this is the job everybody this is it you have to be consistent you have to be vigilant you have to keep delivering the message you have to have empathy you cannot like i i made a comment earlier about like the person who misconfigured the mail server and all that right i'm not i'm not throwing them under the bus and telling them that they suck and that they need to whatever it's like no like be empathetic like if i yell at you or tell you you're terrible that doesn't change the fact that the the server was misconfigured and exposed, right? So let's just move on. Try to make it better the next time, and and I mean, don't reward them for misconfiguring the server, but like, let's move on and, and try to be better, okay? So the same thing here, you know, dude. Tell your end users like you will never, 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 ever need to buy gift cards to pay for something. You don't need. You don't need to buy an Apple gift card to get out of jury duty. You don't need to buy an Amazon or a Best Buy gift card to pay back some type of like fine. Like that right there would probably stop a lot, okay? 
You don't need to call a 1-800 number to get into a call center in order to like, you know, have a virus on your computer cleaned up, right? Like some of these like wholesale attacks, we can educate on that, right? This is why every single week I send something about your end users because we need to be consistent, right? But by the way, like guys in Chuck Sap, like I, we were talking about this the other day and I'm actually, um, I'm actually doing this as a service for um, a client, a manufacturing company. Dudes, weekly, I say this in my GRC course, if you can do weekly, weekly is the best, but bi-weekly, right? Information security awareness training has huge value. If you do it once a year, you are not moving the needle. You are not doing anything for your organization. You need to be up in their face regularly to make it a behavior. Information security awareness is all about modifying behavior. That's it, period, end of story. And you're not gonna modify behavior with once a year. You need to modify behavior with constant messaging, weekly messaging. This is threat actors. This just happened. This we saw. This happened in our environment. This happened to a loved one. This is IRS scams, tax seasons around the corner, like in your face, but make it interesting. Make it simple. It doesn't need to be complicated. Guess what? Carl in accounting, where are you, Carl? Carl in accounting does not care about leet zero day hacks, right? Claire in finance doesn't even know what a zero day is. All right, or some people don't even know something as simple as like what a database is or an operating system. They never even heard those terms. So put your ego aside and help these people protect themselves. FBI. Come on. It says cyber incident at New York field office contained. The FBI says it has contained a cyber incident at the agency's New York field office that reportedly affected a computer network used in child sexual exploitation investigations. CNN first reported details of the incident, which is understood to have primarily affected the agency's New York field office only. In a statement to FedScoop, the agency says it is aware of the incident and it's working to gain additional information. How long? Wow. Okay, so here's an interesting thing. Uh, somebody attacked the FBI. Uh, they've contained it. You would hope that the FBI would have really great cybersecurity controls. Two things that are interesting. One... This was a particular network around that was uh, used in uh, like you can read it here. I don't even want to say it on stream, so it's in the um, so it's in the audio. I don't want to say it, but uh, really, really, uh, you know, sensitive topic, really egregious crimes. Um, and I listened recently to Darknet Diaries. Welcome to video. Okay, uh, this. Obviously, Darknet Diaries is awesome. But this right here, this is on the homepage of Darknet Diaries. This is about as dark, exactly, see, Sam. This is about as dark as a Darknet Diaries story goes. This is not for everybody, okay? This is a really difficult episode to listen to. Uh, and it has to deal with this particular topic. But what I want to point out, it, basically, if you want to hear more about how the FBI has taken down some of these um rings or the or the, maybe it was the secret service anyways um it's fascinating now so i will tell you that people who get caught like in the welcome the video story they talk about like they found someone and they were going to um basically get them so they could use them to find out more about the community and, and find more people and as soon as they the person found out that the fbi was onto them they jumped off a building and killed themselves 
right? So like the stakes are incredibly high when it comes to this. So if I tinfoil hat, Jerry, hold on, let me do my tinfoil hat. If I had to guess, if I had to guess, and this is just tinfoil hat, Jerry, somebody who's got some cyber chops and also is involved in this egregious crime found out and was trying desperately to do something to protect, you know, to, to basically do something about them not being caught. That's speculation, but it, you, it just, to me, it, it adds up, right? Occam's razor. It seems very obvious. Um, so anyways, um, thank you to the FBI. I certainly think it's a deplorable act. I have children of my own. It would, it, I, I don't know what I would do. I'd probably turn into Tom Cruise from Minority Report if something happened to my kids. But, you know, somebody has to do the investigation. Somebody has to um, do this. And I'm so glad that the FBI does it. Thank you uh, to those FBI officers who, who handle those materials uh, and, and get those bad people. Your smart gadgets last isn't up to you. A feature article in the Wall Street Journal by wow, Nicole Jim Wales Lynn describes how in Ooh, January, heavy, a tech company Arlo Technologies sent an email to customers of its internet-connected security cameras about a new end-of-life policy. Starting April 1st, the company would no longer support models that included no-fee, seven-day rolling storage of video clips, a well-advertised selling point. Although Arlo rectified the situation after much media exposure, the article serves as a reminder that many of the devices consumers and businesses rely on for security may expire in terms of functionality long before their physical components wear out. A reminder to... Yeah, okay, so I want to... I actually want to comment on this one here. So, basically, you know, this camera manufacturer part of the reason you would buy it is because, hey, listen, you don't have to sign up for a subscription model. We will have seven day um, rolling storage of video like this is kind of like to compete against Ring Doorbell, right? Ring Doorbell. You have to pay like three bucks a month to have video storage, which seems cheap, but it's still thirty six dollars a year. you got to pay to be able to access some type of video recording. And they were doing it for free. OK, now they're saying well, after a certain period of time, we're no longer going to support that, which A, feels like false advertising. But at some point, I ask you, I mean, are they supposed to maintain this forever, right? There are infrastructure costs to host the AWS instances and the S3 buckets and maintain those data storages, right? Um, and this is a really interesting thing um, that, you know, like, obviously, at some point, they have to stop doing it so i will tell you two things one be mindful of your technology stacks and what the support model is right we always think of like windows operating system goes end of life or this networking device goes end of life are you set up for a system life cycle management not just decommissioning the old stuff but getting budget to replace the old stuff with new stuff a lot of times we just see like Oh, it still works. So just like, let's roll with it. We don't have budget for that this year. It doesn't become a priority until it begins to physically break down, but it's actually increasing a lot of cyber risk. Um, and, and just to, you know, because this kind of isn't interesting from a personal perspective, right? Like the, the GRC analyst masterclass, like I put that out there, um, you know, very reasonably priced, I would, I would argue. And I added, I've added new content to it, but like, People have access to it forever. And like, let's say nobody buys another one ever, right? So there's this 
course that I have that I now have to maintain forever uh, on my own, on my own, you know what I mean? So like it, this, this perpetual life has a, a, bene a, a cost associated with it that you really have to think through if you are going to develop or you're going to be a consumer with these uh, type of products. So just be mindful of that. Basically, nothing is forever, <laughs> right? Um, because, I mean, it, it costs money to host. It costs money to host these things, right? Like at some point, the business would actually have a diminishing returns. Like they'd be taking a loss eventually because there's a finite amount of money to buy the camera and then cost to maintain and operationalize it. So interesting situation. Uh, all right, that's going to do it for the... Hold on, let me... That's going to do it for the news today. Really quickly, if you were here just for the news, I want to let you know that today at 11 a.m. Eastern time, 11 a.m., which is a slightly odd time, I will be doing a Threat Gen Red versus Blue Let's Play. It'll only be me. Clint will not be available. I'm throwing it back to old school. If you guys are interested in um, learning from me, right, I've got a lot of, um, I have a lot of information security experience. I'll just say it, right? Like it, it is what it is. I'm going to throw it back to basics. CIS 18, formerly CIS 20, formerly SANS 20, is a very, very basic way to implement an information security program. So if you are um, basically just doing ad hoc information security, like, like the little Dutch boys sticking your fingers in all the damn holes, and you're actually wanting to implement a program, something that you can show a three-year strategic roadmap, something that you can build to, something with metrics. Thanks for the super chat, William Welch. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. CIS 18 is an excellent option. And I would argue that if you're a smaller business, like say 500 or fewer employees, CIS 18 is actually really, really good way to approach it. So today at 11 a.m., I will be playing red versus blue as a blue team member, but the most value you will get out of this stream is that I will be showing you CIS 18 and I will be explaining it step-by-step step on how you can implement it in your own organization. Honestly, think of it as like a micro course for free because <laughs> I'm going to show you exactly what I would do to implement CIS 18 at a business. All right. Uh, Aaron Lancaster says CIS 20 is NIST 853 level one. Um, maybe Aaron, I, I'd have to do a crosswalk on that. I, and it, when you say level one, if you mean low baseline, I would argue that C 853 is more compre like more involved than CIS top 20. Um, and it, CIS 18 now they, they merged two of the controls into other controls. Uh, 853 is no, no slouch. It's a big boy. Um, so anyways, I'd have to do a crosswalk on that, but I think 853 is a bit bigger. All right, guys, if you were here just for the news, I want to say thank you. Thank you very much. You guys are awesome. We had a great day. Worldwide Wednesday was almost a complete success. South America, we'll see you guys next Wednesday. If you're here for some jaw jacking, I've got uh, three minutes to kick it with you. So holler at, holla, 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 <laughs> holla at you, boy. Um, oh, nope, can't. Actually, you know what? We already blew out the, um, we actually blew out the copyright already. So what the hell? Let's do Jimmy Eats World. Right? Actually, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to do that because some, some, um, some of the, um, some of the copyright ones will make it so the video can't be shown at all. And some just, I can't monetize it, which I don't monetize anyways. 
Yeah, NIST Cybersecurity Framework is, um, is I love NIST Cybersecurity Framework. Alana Boyajian, Alana Boyajian, I always just say Alana. I'm sorry if I butcher your last name, Alana. Asking, when does Late Night with Jerry start? So some of you may or may not know that I have a TV show <laughs> that's coming out called Late Night with Jerry. I have to fly to Las Vegas to record it. Um, the, the night studios, the, the, the production studio that is producing my show um, is building my set right now. We do not have dates, unfortunately, Alana. If I had to guess, I would fly out in late March, early April uh, for, to film my first season of the show. Thank you for asking, though. Let's see. Have a good day. Same to you. Cheese. Cheese. Carrie. Cheese. I cannot seem to find... Oh, so I did not stream on President's Day this Monday because um, I was on travel. And I don't tra I don't stream on holidays. Um, Tom Bishop's moving to Italy in April? Woo! Dang. Good luck. Wait, that's for Tom Bishop moving to Italy. Very cool. Congrats on the show. Thank you, G's Louise. Love it, love it. Which phone OS do you recommend for least data tracking? Um, okay, so, I mean, you got to remember, like, the phone OS is part of it, but then the apps you put on it are doing the tracking as well. I do know that um, there has been efforts... There has been efforts to make like real like black like black phones. I think they're called like Yeah, they like if you Google, yeah, there's been like efforts um on on stripping these things down. I will tell you like for features and functionality, like you have to make that decision between functionality and usability uh in security and privacy, right? Unfortunately, you do have to make some concessions iPhone, if it's properly configured, I mean, Apple does go out of their way to promote privacy. So there are some like more extreme options if you're interested. Another great podcast. Thanks, Casey. Your podcast was the first I seen when the transition from a tower. When transition from a tower hand to IT, you're a lot of motivation, Jerry. Oh, thanks, Casey. Let's do this. Casey's making me feel good. Thanks, Casey. Where did you get the spicy soundbite from? Oh, okay. So I just want to tell you guys, um, my good friend, uh, Matt Shearer, for, former pro hockey player and very close friend, he is really, really uh, funny and really, really good with um, call-outs. Um, I told him about um, the spicy thing and all that, and he came up with this. Um, Um, uh, okay, so this is a call back to a very old commercial. This is a Burger King commercial from like 1980s. <laughs> um, here, I'm going to share this with everybody. I basically took this commercial and stripped out the, where the guy's saying spicy. Basically, this kid right here wanted to have his own tagline. So he was like, spicy. And they're like, "That? what are you doing? He's like, it's my catchphrase. And they're like, you can't make your own catchphrase. He's like, spicy. Spicy. <laughs> so give it, give it a shot. Thanks, Richard G. I will. All right. 
Looks like we went a couple minutes over, and that's okay. I love this song. This might be my favorite of the Midnights. I love, 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 love the Midnight. This band right here. I love, this is like the only band I listen to. Shameless plug for my, for my favorite band, the Midnight. All right. Guys, I want to thank all of you for being here. Oh, thanks, Taekwon Gong. Yeah, Professor Black Ops, good times. All right, guys, that's going to do it for uh, Wednesday, February 22nd, episode 308 of the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. I appreciate, um, I appreciate you guys being here. Thanks so much. Carmen San Diego, I will be on Night Studios. Night TV Plus. I'll drop a link in chat. Wonder if, uh, they might even have the artwork up now. No, they don't have it yet. Yeah, th this is what it is. But all right, guys, thanks so much for being here, Kimberly. You're on the hook for Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Be good, everybody, and until next time, stay secure. Yeah. <laughs>